Suns fans, you know what time it is in the PHX. Empire of the Suns. Phoenix Suns. The Empire of the Suns podcast is brought to you by Sonic. Mmm, Sonic. Empire of the Suns. Hello there, and welcome to the Empire of the Suns podcast. My name is Kellen Olson, joined as always by Kevin Zimmer. Man, hey Kevin, I forgot I'm on video, making sure my hair is good. My shirt looks fine. Check I guess the, it looks yeah, fine. Yeah, I, did, I didn't do the pre-vid check. What's it's up, okay. man? It's okay. I'm good. We have a lot to get to this episode, even though we're f- recording this before the Pistons game, so a little premature before the actual All-Star break starts with this team, but we'll be fine, I think. I think we have enough to talk about here. Shout out, Monty. It'll be good to see him. Uh, Yeah, we have a lot to get to. We'll get right into it. Uh, The Suns beat the Kings last night, 131-25. They lost a nail-biter, I guess you would want to call it, Uh, 113-112 against the Warriors. I didn't mean that in a demeaning way. I was just looking at the score, and I was like, was that a really close game? Because my (laughs) brain couldn't get there. It's been a lot. There's been a lot happening over the last uh, week. Uh, But yeah, that was a really great game. And then uh, since we last podcasted, they beat the Jazz. Remember that? They played a basketball game the night of the trade deadline. Yeah. Uh, they did. They did the thing. Kevin Durant was really good in that game. Dev, or Bradley Beal was really good in that game. No Devin Booker, no problem. That was good to see against a Jazz team that mostly had all of their uh, all of their dudes out there. I want to start. This is where I want to start. Mm-hmm. First of all, update: Bradley Beal tweaks his hamstring uh, a couple minutes into the Kings game. I just saw like Gordon coming to the scorers table with like eight minutes left in the first quarter. I was like, what? It's like, are they tweaking rotations or whatever? And then I saw Brad go to the locker room during the timeout. So that's all that I saw. I didn't see a specific player or whatever. Some people mentioned they saw him limping um, just a little bit as he was leaving. Uh, The update there is that he's out for tonight's game against Detroit. Uh, They do not play again for eight more days after today. Their first game back is a week from tomorrow. That is Thursday, February 22nd. Um, They play a... Road back to back in Texas, Dallas, Houston, and then they come back on a Sunday against the Lakers. And the reason why I'm listing all out all these dates: three games in four days. But then they're off until from Sunday until that Thursday. So they have three days after that Lakers game where they don't have a basketball game. So just something worth noting for injury timelines here, in case this is something that is indeed going to be a thing that is like longer than a week or two. We have no details like that. I would say typically what we've learned. We mention this all the time on the podcast because we try our best to give you guys injury updates and everything. What we've learned is there is this is serious enough for us to send an email to uh, give out a timeline of how long it'll be until they're reevaluated, or it is not. Thus, it is more of a day to day injury. Now, I had like people replying to my tweet last night and saying, I love when they say it's not serious when they miss two to three weeks. Well, that's not serious. Serious is like he's going to miss three months or he's out for the year or whatever. Nothing serious indicates that it'll be five to ten games maybe or it'll be less. Um, But he was definitively like already ruled out for tomorrow's game, like post game, which meant like this is some sort of aggravation. It wasn't just like a scare or whatever. Um, So we'll see. The thing that I don't know and I'm going to try and ask tonight if I can figure out the way to say it is... There was a report from Jerry Greenberg on TNT, I believe not last week, but the week before, where Beal is expected to try to get a procedure done on his nose because he's still playing with a broken nose and hasn't had the exact procedure done because it'll keep him out for a couple of days and he didn't want to miss any time. The All-Star break seemed like the perfect time to do this, but now it's like, okay, can he get that done at the same time and then still rehab his hamstring 
properly. Does yeah. that make sense? Because yeah. it's like if you get this procedure done on your nose, I'm you're guessing down. It'll... You're probably on some painkillers. You're and such. you're on like bed rest probably. I assume you're not doing much physical stuff for a couple of days. But he has to rehab his hamstring and like keep it. You can't just like sit out, like yeah. not do anything. You have to be rehabbing consistently. So I don't know where that lines up but that would just be another unfortunate this is like the latest of just yeah. bad luck it's like are you Bradley sitting Beal. in a sitting in a chair getting an electrocuted shock therapy stuff on your muscle which you could probably do but you probably can't do any stretching and i don't know yeah. we don't know we we are not i don't know but guys. i i feel bad for him and i realize doing this stuff especially covering a player like him is that there are two lines of people there one that was like man he just can't catch a break and two he's injury prone he sucks figure it out when it's like he, he's not in control of his body like it's not like he can control when he gets hurt or not but regardless um yeah. <laughs> he got hurt and that put frank vogel in a position where he had to um i, I don't want to say like he had to improvise on the fly but he had to try something new with the rotation, and that was giving Royce O'Neal 30 minutes instead of 15. Um, I thought he looked awesome in that game. I have some... I'm not usually one for big, grand declarations, but I will make one here after um, you give your thoughts on the Sacramento win. Like, What did you take away from it? Because the main headline, which Doug Holler wrote about, and I thought was really smart, was... KD didn't really like dominate a pocket of the game like he normally does every single night, and then he still he still had twenty eight and ten yeah. on eleven of seventeen, which that's Kevin Durant. Book had a bad first half. Bradley Beal was hurt pretty much all game. He had two shots and he was gone. Fox had forty. Sabonis had a monster triple double. Monk had twenty plus off the bench, and the Suns still won this game. And there wasn't like a wonky like they hit nineteen threes compared to the Kings as five. Um, they were like plus nine or ten on the free throws. So there was a lot to go for with this game. What do you think? My big takeaway, do you remember I wrote around the Clippers series like they did badly. Frank said we'll change and get better and learn from this. They still did badly. I think part of that is the Clippers are really good. But when you look at the Sacramento series, the Royce O'Neal minutes, the small ball was tied to the last time they played Sacramento where they went small with Katie at the five and that was like the big thing where Katie like had to defend Sabonis um and they came back crazy deficit what 22 points I believe and won that game and so it was kind of the same strategy obviously you're dealing with different a little different puzzle pieces but the general just for me is that he is not afraid to just be like Nurk you're not doing well you're going to go sit. If I feel like I need you down the line, we'll do it. They go small. They go on a little run. And honestly, at the at the really perfect moment when Sabonis is just starting to punish them again, he brings Nurk back in. Nurk has a good little run. He took him back out, right? Like, um, But just his on-the-fly thinking and his willingness to – and this is what, like, when we look at the grand scheme of Suns basketball in the past four years or whatever – like everyone was upset about Monty would not take steps. He would just stick and keep pounding the same thing in. He needed like a game or two to like get there. Yeah. Whereas and, Frank's... and it would be so minor. It would be like, oh, you're playing two centers for like two minutes. Yeah. Frank saw what was happening in over a dozen minutes of small ball, but then also was like, we need a little bit more switchability in there. Let's yeah. get Nas in there. And yeah. Nas hadn't played for like a couple of weeks, basically, in like an actual real 
like moment of a game. Yeah. And then he played well. Um, he hit a three. There was a really smart cut that he had where the spacing was a little off, but he knew to cut immediately, which opened up KD on the weak side with an empty corner. Uh, and then he had a couple good defensive plays as well. Yeah. And, and so, like, the Nas thing, bringing Nurkic back in when Nurkic is getting punished at the right moment, like, there's just on spontaneity to how he coaches, I guess. And to me, that's... There's also, like, he took what he learned the last game and combined those two things, and they got a win. Again, like, I don't know if the defense... The defense still had some holes and that kind of thing. They need to improve, but he, like, pushed the right buttons and is not afraid to push a button that he hasn't pushed in, like, a week or two or whatever. This doesn't have to do with the report of Thad Young signing. By the way, we're still waiting for that to be official. It was reported yesterday morning, I want to say, and we're yeah. still waiting on it to be official. I would still expect it to come down here anytime. But this doesn't have to do with the Thad Young signing, the thought that I'm about to give, but it's just further encouraged. It makes me feel better about saying it, knowing that Thad Young is about to be on this team. I think there's a really good chance we look back at this game and we're like, this is when the Suns figured out the team they're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. I have not been someone to overreact to the small ball, like like the comeback against the Kings, where it was five minutes and we're like, okay, is this something they can do every night? Is this like who they're going to be? And I was shaking my head and I was like, no. But when I saw Royce O'Neal out there and then thought like, okay, it's still not really quite working because a little or a Kogi are out there and they have to be the screener because the bigs on them and the bigs on them because they're not shooters and like that puts them in a short role. It's weird. And then you remember Bradley Beal's hurt right now. And then you think about it and how they now have six guys who can play in that lineup. So you, if, if Gordon needs a rest, that's when O'Neal's in O'Neal can pretty much be in there for any guy, not Kevin Durant basically, but then you can, Royce O'Neal guarded DeMontis Sabonis for a couple of minutes. They were switching immediately, but he was doing the hard work on the block, battling for a position when there were no switches or anything like that. And to me, I don't know how to say it, so I'm just going to say this. Drew Eubanks gets yelled at by his teammates more than anyone I've covered. Um, (laughs) I think that has a lot to do with the type of team that I'm covering, which is one that has championship aspirations as not really getting there. But you think about some of the more frustrating whatever you want to call them players that we've had here for the Suns over the eight years I've covered the team and I just like last night he screwed something up and and my brain goes I'm untrained I'm an untrained eye as much as people yeah. can like compliment me on like my basketball knowledge or whatever they want to say about it basketball but I'm not a trained eye there the people with the trained eyes are upset with him a lot yeah. <laughs> and he did not play for the rest of the game after I saw that and I just wonder if what their team is going to be, and I think there's a good chance that this is it, is Nurkic is going to play 20 to 35 minutes, depending on how the game's going. So last night, for example, was 22, I believe. The other minutes, we're not playing the center. I think there's a good chance that this is who they should be. Now, will they ultimately choose to do this? I don't know, because guess what? Denver has Nikola Jokic. Minnesota has Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, and Nas Reed. <laughs> so we saw that in the – they played um, – I've been trying to get my brain back with, with League Pass and watching other teams, and I saw them just abuse the Clippers, who were the big – who are the big – like, they are the small ball switchy team. They play Tyson. They play Zubach. But they just got bullied in that game by Minnesota. Absolutely bullied. Sacramento's another one. They've got Sabonis as well. I mentioned the Clippers. Like, Zubach is someone who we've always been complimentary of yeah. on the podcast before. You can't go small ball on that guy. Look, 
If he's playing 20 minutes. Royce could push, and KD can push Chet Holmgren off the block, but he's a giant human still. Yeah. Like, he's very long, and he's very tall. Um, so, even Dallas. Like, they've got this Gafford-Lively combo now that is going to cause problems on the roll. It is going to cause problems. Gafford's already putting up numbers over there already. Yeah. So... I don't know how viable it is, um, but I think the thing that I'm looking at now is if you stick with this iteration of what the team is and what you wanted it to be, which was like traditional, and you have a backup five, and you have uh, bigger options on the team, it's just sometimes the cards pan out the way that they do, and what happened is you got to the trade deadline, and the best acquisition possible you could have made is Royce O'Neal, who's perfect for small ball, and the best buyout option possible that you could have gotten was Thad Young, who's perfect for small ball. Yeah. And this is not me saying you should completely change your team identity because of these two guys, but you should just take your roster or your situation and try and make the best out of it. And I think that right now, there's a good chance that the best version of their team is one where they just play one center, and and that's it. And does that make me, again, feel good about the playoff matchups? It really doesn't, but you just need to find what your team is best at right now. And it was just, especially with Royce out there, he was awesome. I can't say enough how good he was. Um, and how seamlessly Book said it last night. Like, it feels like I've been playing with this guy for a long time already, and he's been there for five days. <laughs> so, like, I just... Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Maybe we're talking about it in March and we're still talking about centers or whatever, but I do wonder if this was, like, the moment where the light turns on we've been talking about identity all the time, and it's like, maybe they're just the small ball team with, with Nurkic in there for certain matchups or whatever, and this is before getting to the Golden State game where there's podcast stuff to talk about whatever but the bottom line is draymond had his way all night he was fantastic in that game and before book went nuts draymond was dominating the game on both ends for about a three minute pocket in a draymond way where like okay nurkic is on me he's drifting in the key oh he's got to come out soon i'm gonna fake this handoff drive past him and and free layup and it's just like draymond genius basketball iq stuff that was happening so Maybe I'm just extremely influenced by the way these two games went, but I don't know, man. I'm, I'm okay. We'll get into Draymond Warriors. Hold those thoughts. You got my brain going on. Okay, look, we. I was the person for like our site, just how our schedules worked. This pre-trade deadline. Okay, here's my list of trade deadline pickups they should target Royce O'Neal was like the obvious one it was because well Bobby Marks threw it out there um every Suns fan like threw it out there I'm not smarter than anyone but it was like okay he was obvious from everyone's perspective because he was the right fit right and also obtainable um so they go get him when I made the list of buyout guys Thad Young was atop the list. I almost put him in my his own category of like guys who actually are rotation guys, not spot minutes guys. I, we'll see how he looks and stuff because I honestly haven't watched enough to like really judge him where he is in his career and can all I, that. Can yeah. I bump bump what you're saying? Yeah. By, dude, watching Royce in person last night, it was like a role player. Like, yeah, look look at it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And, like and yeah, exactly. But my I, where I was going with that is exactly that is where okay. Thad, I watched whatever clips I could find, whatever, but he's the best option because he's the best player there, and that's what you told me last pre-deadline podcast, like, don't be picky, just get good basketball players, and when you watch Royce, it's, maybe he doesn't know the defenses that well, but he sure as heck knows how to help, uh, and freelance help, 
defense. He sure as hell knows how to tell his teammates what to do, and that's what Bradley Beal and he talked about. Like after even one game, he was ordering people around, which again, book said they needed that. Book's biggest impression of the win was that their communication was at a high level, and. The thing he's been complimenting Royce on the most has been his communication. You so can it's tell like you him can directing directly like tied just watching in. TV. Yeah. Um, so you see all that and you see why he fits. You see it on the offensive end too. And yeah, it's you add in a rotation like a surefire rotation player. And I will say defensively, whatever athletic place he's at in his career, um, he's like the most like. I'm going to move a guy off the spot. And one thing I would always say about Mikel Bridges, he wasn't even that type of defender. He was just like, okay, you can't go do this thing. I'm in your way and I might steal it. But he's like moving guys off spots. He's just gunking up stuff. Um, I think it was Reggie Miller who actually did have a good, like, hey, there was this blown up play where Royce not only stole it later, but he blew up the initial action. Yeah. Um, he's or, two, he's listed at 226, but yeah. he's a strong dude. And yeah, and then when you went to the small ball unit, it wasn't even Nasir. I was like, is this Nasir at the five? Akogi was like kind of the five on offense, but it was O'Neal um, defending Sabonis, right, for at least initial actions. And there might be reasons that you do that because they're targeting stuff but point is like he's just fit right in um suddenly he might be one of your closing lineups if if you feel like Grayson or Eric doesn't have it in the matchups just makes sense so um that's where he is and I I'm tying him to Thad Young and it could be the same thing I don't obviously Thad Young's a lot older a lot more mileage he will be more situational than people think but he will also impress you when he plays well yeah and he was a really good athlete, so even if he's tail, tailed off a little bit, it's kind of like the Jeff Green thing where it's like, oh, he still has pop here or there. Um, still enough movement to like stay in front of guys to some degree. You don't lose great hands. You don't lose passing vision. Yeah. You don't lose any of that stuff. And obviously with that, it's about the offensive fit more. But um, I think going back, so, so many thoughts, but going back to our original point about like what Frank is doing, he at least gives you the option because – Eubanks, like you said, got got yanked. I think Bull had the same thing happen to him where he took a kind of quick three. I thought it was fine in rhythm, but it was quick in the shot clock. Immediately, like, goes for a steal, whiffs on the steal, didn't time it right. And it's just, like, two kind of risky things if you're that guy who's trying to get minutes and he didn't come back in after that stint. So that that backups big spot is absolutely open and obviously it's going to depend on matchups but. Well, people were talking about royce's minutes and like yeah he'll play like 15 to 18 a night probably and i was like he has to play way more yeah now grayson and, and eric are two guys who need minutes as well so then you get a bit redundant there but even like josh is someone who needs minutes occasionally from time to time and now we're running out of minutes mm-hmm. so it's like you just got to play your best guys mm-hmm and that's what this looks like right now. Like Josh was incredibly erratic last night, but he made the play of the game. Mm-hmm. And he's been he's been that impact guy a lot more recently. He was great against the Warriors. Like he he has started to turn into that guy a little bit more. Where like you got to give him five minutes in the first half just to see if he's that guy tonight and if he's what you need on the floor and that kind of thing. Um, the Warriors game, I thought that it was. I thought that it was a little bit all over the place. I thought that it was a little bit sort of just waiting to see which team creates separation. Neither of these teams are elite enough yet to like take over this game 
just yet. And then just as the Warriors started doing it, books started doing it. Um, do you want it? Do you have anything to say about the Draymond Nurk thing? I don't. People know how I am about this kind of stuff. Like I don't. I made a joke to Nurk last night. Like it's like, that's what it is to me. It's mostly a joke. Like it. It is what it, Draymond is. It's not a joke to Draymond. Draymond is who he is. Yeah. And that's not going to change ever. Um, no matter how much off the court stuff that he um, programs he goes through, whatever. Like he's ultimately, and I don't mean this in like a he's a thug. He's going to punch people. It's like no, he is who he is as a competitor. The reason why Draymond Green won four championships and made all these All-NBA teams and is going to be in the Hall of Fame is because of that. Yeah. Like, if he turns it down 10%, he's he's playing in Turkey in 2014. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's that's who he is. So, I knew that was coming. I, I was just curious with how Nurk was going to respond to it. And, and it was what it was. The basketball was going to be the same to me, regardless of the antics around it. I thought it was fun in the moment. The talking after is absolutely just Draymond, but like, I don't know. What do you say? Like, is he obnoxious? Like, I was listening to his podcast because I was on the clock and I'm working on it and writing it. It's funny to me. Um, well, there is like the you keep and making. That's, that's like, yeah, that's fine. Only, like, that's different than hitting someone in the face. The only say. thing that didn't bother me, but I was like, well, and I like wanted to like stick my finger up. Well, um, he kept saying, like, he talked as if like why is this guy coming at me energy and it's like, it's like yes. because you socked him in the yeah. face <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's why yes yes <laughs> and he didn't really he got to it towards the end where he was like i take responsibility for what i did but in terms of how he was talking about nurkic's motivations during the game and like he started it with the two small it's like you started it by smacking him in yeah. the face <laughs> and look does he i think draymond actually has motivation there to like want to get nurkic too because like he called out his mental health publicly like it's yeah if anyone does that to you and that's where he got to the character thing and all that kind of stuff but um, drawing kd into it i thought was weird no, it, i don't think KD it was, was a malicious. it was a classic like i've been wanting to say this for a yes. really long time i said it's the right my time to say it i said it the right way the other time yeah the the weird suddenly manic kd thing he like, saw that quote does, at, yeah he saw that quote at the time wanted to say something knew he couldn't say something and was just waiting it was waiting in the back of his head for like I want to say this at some point. Maybe I'll never say it, but then it just yeah. it happened. He got here's the, the thing. Last podcast with with saying like that made me think. What Katie said made me think, and now it's like no, it made me think, and I don't like it. Which that he can feel how he wants. That's fun. What this has inadvertently done, which I enjoy, <laughs> is that it's brought attention to how the Warriors are playing. They're playing really well. Yeah. They've won five in a row. They're a game over five hundred now. They are only four and a half games out. They are three games back in the loss column of both the they Suns. And the Pelicans tried for to five acquire and six. LeBron James. Apparently, dude, it's just whatever, <laughs> man. Like, it's just okay. I shouldn't have a microphone in I'm front sorry. of me when we're talking about that. Um, Lakers are tried to acquire KD. Anyway, move on. Lakers are four games back of that five-six spot. The Kings and the Mavericks are just a game back. The Mavericks have won five in a row. I think that. Dallas is the most is the team to watch the most because I think New Orleans has consistently been this team for about. Eh, like two three months i would say like just pretty much most of the season where they've been like we're going to be five to ten games over 500 probably are we going to go on a tear and be a top four seed like minnesota oklahoma city i don't think we saw that type of potential in them necessarily um but they're going to hang around and dallas was the one where it's like okay is this gonna like blow up like i thought it was going to 
or is it going to blow up later? It's going to blow up. <laughs> is it gonna, is it gonna, it, it's going to. It's just when it does. Is it this year? Mm-hmm. Is it next year? Is it three years from? It's going to blow up. It is not going to end well there. Um, but in the meantime, can they win enough regular season games to screw over a team like the Suns? It's like, um, are they going to be that kind of good team? And right now, they certainly are. Luka's playing at an MVP candidate level. And I think that their trades were... There's an equal balance that you need to have with trades that teams make like this where, yes, it is um, not making them a contender or whatever, but it made them better. Like, are they better? I think Gambo was the one who kind of said it with the Suns. It's like, they're a better basketball team than they were. And Dallas is better. Yeah. It's like, the Grant Williams thing was not working. They were getting nothing out of Seth Curry. And then they turned into two guys who Gafford, at the very least, is going to give them a secondary. They have been desperate. It's why they got JaVale McGee. It's why they drafted Lively. It's like they've been desperate for a rim runner with Luka. Now they're going to have one out there every single time that Luka's on the floor because Luka's doing the spacing lines with Kleba, which are situational, sure. But I think that the Kleba Powell minutes due to injury, due to inconsistency with those guys, have been kind of all over the place. Lively comes in and they're great with him. And it's like, yes, because you have the ideal skill set for your franchise player. And now you have two of those guys. Defensively, we'll see. Will P.J. Washington touch the ball enough to actually be P.J. Washington on this team? Probably not. Does he have to hit open threes to play in crunch time? Yes. Will he? I don't know. Does any of this other stuff matter? Not in that role because Kyrie and Luca always have the ball. But all this is to say, I'm myself saying it. I wasn't taking them seriously as a team that could get top six this year. Now I am. Yep. The Warriors, guess what? Jonathan Kuminga is averaging nearly 25 points per game for like the last month. He's been awesome. Andrew Wiggins starting to <laughs> kind of look okay. Clay is going through his whole thing, which is uh, Marcus Thompson had the excellent piece on The Athletic where it's like this is clearly a guy who has to figure out that he's not a great anymore, but he has to figure out that he can still be good. And it's like, can you handle that adjustment? And I thought it was a really great piece um, because that's what he's got to do. Chris Paul's coming back. Pajemski's great for them. He's really good, yeah. Steph is shooting, like, in the last three weeks, like 48% from three, and he's taking Steph threes. Like, think about that. Like, he's taking over 10 a game and doing all that kind of stuff. Sacramento, who we just saw, is really good. The Lakers have LeBron James and Anthony Davis and are kind of, they're seven and three in their last 10. They're kind of, sort of. All of this is to say, if this team slips up for like a week or two, we're talking about the plan real fast. Real fast. Yeah. I think the conversation was trending more towards can they catch top four, but now with the way... That's talked... not they're doing. No. Yeah. They're playing they're playing fine right now. But the they bottom line is now. the Mavericks, Lakers, and Warriors are all putting it together enough to make this all of a sudden a five through ten mess that's gonna be a mess now probably for the next um The NBA's gonna love it. Because someone's getting in that play in who does not want to be there and should not have been there. I think it was Steve Jones on the low post who said like you could get Mavericks, Suns, Lakers, Warriors. You imagine that? That is a note, by the way. The Warriors and Suns do not play to continue this beef between Nurk and Draymond and KD. But, yes, the, you never know how the playoff matchups are going to be. The Suns have a G League team. Tell me about it. Um, if anyone has been with us long enough, I think I railed on how cheap Robert Sarver was. G League teams are not super money sucks. They're not super expensive to operate. Every team had one aside from the Suns uh, role right now for a reason, and that's because there's benefits to having it. Um, 
they did a really good job like james jones is like well we don't have the resources but we'll make the best of it he did a good job of like selling it and it's like okay like yeah you want your your young players to learn from the team and be with the nba team sure um but just how the world is now having a place to try new things having a place to see if Saban Lee can go work on whatever you want Saban Lee to work on in case you need him in case that 15th roster spot for example this year and he doesn't have to get on a flight to do what the team's going to be here yeah it's going to be in the Phoenix metro area apparently you guys can go and find the place on their website to actually present names if you have any good names I'm excited for that part of it that's kind of cool I naturally want to shout out trolley suggestions but then it might catch a life of its own and then all of a sudden no do it yeah came up with do you have the, one no okay I'm not going to be the person responsible for that I think it'd be funny no. but to get back to the point um there's like potential with Hooters whatever go <laughs> there's some money to be made is what you're saying um yeah I mean it just makes sense for them to have one it's it's nice Madishby has been saying that they were going to announce something and today that's when that was side note and potentially the bigger note at the same time they released what is it called player 15 group play 15 play 15 group a new investment in real estate company holdings company across sports entertainment and real Real estate estate. what that is is it links the things together that matt ishbia owns so that's the phoenix suns the phoenix mercury things they own such as the arena um, what they're building, which is going to be like the business campus and the Mercury's practice facility. That's like a hundred million dollar investment that he already announced. Um, the G League franchise and if they have to buy land or whatever. Um, if you like. Yeah, is there anywhere you're more aware of the Phoenix metropolitan area that I am sorry to put you on the spot? Oh, but do you yeah, think of a, a good... building that makes the most sense right now or is it going to be a new one? That's a good question. I can't think of anything else on my head. Would he buy? I don't know. Is the Coliseum like buyable? Who yeah. Can owns you it? can you get know. the Coliseum and then remake? Someone it? Like, will that's, tweet us. That's a very long. This is the thing you process. can probably Google to see if someone owns that, but that's a lot of land there. Um, GCU. You could play a. G, you get an agreement with Jerry Colangelo has ongoings there. They know each other. That's a good kind of point have student tickets attend and make oh here are free ideas matt ishbia mm. have a student section for the yeah because the basketball idiots on the team. podcast are definitely saying these things for the first time we are yeah i know unique thoughts that's all we provide i don't have any more unique thoughts on land <laughs> but um what was i saying though oh anyway the the point of this is that he basically if you go look at his um well we have it on our site but he told sportico and probably CNBC and some others basically like, yeah, I feel... Phoenix Business Journal. Did they have it? I don't probably. know. It's just like the type of places usually yes. have this thing. Basically, these companies are formed, if you go look at like the Wizards are one right now that like them and the Caps and the Mystics um, and their media company, which is in-house, they control this company, controls all those things, but also what it leads to is, will Matt Ishbia buy another team? Which, we won't go down this road, but I'm sure there are other fan bases in Arizona where they would love Matt Ishbia to buy their team. Interesting future thoughts, but we can move on for now. It's all very interesting if you're interested in the business side. Don't go into hockey, I've Matt. i said interesting just, a just, lot. 
I'm not going into hockey man mode right now. I'm talking to Matt. Oh, Matt. Just don't do it. Okay. It's a cursed <laughs> item. It, it might be cursed, yeah. No, it is. 100%. Uh, what else? What, do you have thoughts on this? It's good, right? No, it's just good. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was like the trade deadline pod last week. It's like, they did good. Selfishly, like, it's a good place to, like, go learn about prospects, like... It's good for your extended coaching staff development. Is that Grant Jarrett out there? It's it's one of those fun days. <laughs> We're going, yeah. Oh, it's gonna. I I'm I for a second for some reason thought you were going with another former Arizona. Nope. I, he was one of the names coming to my head, but okay. he did a very horrible <laughs> yeah. thing, oh. and we should never bring up his name because he's no. a scumbag. Um. All right. Did we hit on all the things we needed to hit on? What yeah, else? Devin Booker's got a shoe coming out on Saturday. Are you gonna get it? Are you a real Ooh. fan? Are you a true supporter, man? Kellen did a great feature. I thought it was great. Thanks, Talked man. with Book. If you're a shoe nerd, it it just kind of gives you... Well, even if you're not a shoe nerd, it's very like how this dude's mind works about details, which I think we all know he's a detailed basketball player, but a lot of details in how he made the ad, how he made his shoes, the colorways. The what future would, of the Book One brand with Nike. What's your what what do you think if we had bullet points like two or three bullet points for you? That was my goal because I had an interaction with him like six weeks ago, two months ago or whatever, where we were talking about the colorways walking back to the press conference room or whatever. And then I made the remark of something like if people didn't expect this from you, like they don't know you. And then he said like facts or something like that, which is the point is he's always been a creative, artistic, imaginative, detailed guy. So guy with I, the old three, 35 millimeter whatever camera yeah. at the all-star game so when this started developing i knew that it was going to be something that stood out and it wasn't just going to be like there's a shoe and that's yeah. it um like a lot of these types of things kind of feel honestly so there's been all the different colorways and those are not just like ooh, these are fun colors like just about all of them have a story behind them that i get into in the story uh the commercial is full of shout outs easter eggs paying homage and like paying homage is the title of the story just because that's the main part of what he has done with the start of the shoe and i think that makes me really excited to see what happens in future iterations if that is uh to be because that's when he'll really like spread his wings with what he has in mind i think because a lot of this i think was directly tied to paying respect to the shoes that he loved growing up the shoes that helped the shoe game become the shoe game like wilson smith the third is in there who's been at nike for four decades now he was the first um black shoe designer i believe if i got the title exactly correct with what his title was at nike but he uh worked with charles barkley on his uh shoes which still hold up to this day as like some that uh shoe heads look up sneaker heads look back on memorably and then he was the first designer with jordan brand so when the um Jordan brand began and those shoes started coming when uh, MJ was with the Wizards those were the shoes that he designed and was like and it's like a legend that I didn't know existed until a week ago um, but he's in the commercial and like that's the type of thing that book has always done like he passes Alvin Adams last night on the scoring list and he's telling stories about how he knows Alvin Adams and it's like would every NBA player on the Phoenix Suns if they were like there for as long as he was know who Alvin Adams was maybe they like heard the name loosely or whatever and they just say the blanket thing but like no he like he knows Alvin so that's just how he's always been and that was the goal of the story I hope you enjoyed it my dad is feverishly calling 
stores around the Phoenix area to try and get a look at his own. Um, it does not look like a basketball shoe at first reference, which again, like doing something bold, doing something unique. That's what I expected. Mirage. It is a very like laid back set of colors. All these darn kids want their neon orange and all that stuff and their their hyper greens and all those things. And this ain't it. This ain't that. I am so. very curious as someone who has not played basketball in like a year probably, but like the midsole thing, if you are bored by this, you can turn this podcast off, but mm-hmm. I love basketball shoes that like grip your midsole so you can like move horizontally on defense and just like like something a running shoe doesn't have for example and definitely like not like air force ones where it's just like flat like i have no concept of like what it feels like because it looks like it probably does not feel is what i'm saying which is like his whole point of like the casual look and the yeah it should feel broken in immediately and if you've ever bought a pair of basketball shoes you know how long it takes to like make them not feel yeah. Like you just got them out of the box. It like takes those. forever. Yeah. Yeah. God bless Tracy McGrady, one of my favorite basketball players of all time. <laughs> I bought all of his signature shoes and all of them were not, did not feel good to run in, but the, I looked cool because I love Tracy McGrady. So that was it. Uh, now, what his shoe does, um, the cool thing that he had is that, like, um, of course, there's some people who were like trolling and saying, looks like a skater shoe, but in actuality, skaters got back to him and were like this is kind of perfect with what you're talking about and i think it's um the zoom in the midsole is like the correct is like the terminology basically and like zoom in the midsole is something that is like coming back or is something that is like the future of like those types of shoes specifically so like skaters are telling me like this is like ahead of its time basically for them and so a lot of skaters are going to be rocking them i'm sure and then a lot of basketball players are going to be and a lot of phoenix suns basketball fans they've got the nice little billboard setups around indy for him because nike is nike and they they do that thing um and that's it that's about it on the story check it out if you haven't already i maybe the kid will find some inspiration in march but i'm guessing that and the shooter story the two big things i write during the regular season and i like the way both of them turned out i think they're pretty cool you're going to have to write about uh, the playoffs and such. Oh, I know. I just meant like the big old, yeah, the big yeah. dog feature, check it out kind of big stuff. Dog feature. Uh, the big dog feature. I only got so many of those in me, and I think it should be that way. Uh, anyway. New feature idea. Hmm. Pets. Thoughts. No, I'm just kidding. We can move on. Do we have cats talk? Did we hit everything? I'm trying to think of like the other pets that i know on the team obviously someone has a cat nurk has a cat is that right see i don't know i know haven obviously is book's dog i knew sunny which was mikhail's dog cam's dog i forgot off the top of my head both cams i knew their dogs i need to ask about pets someone has a cat i think i'm slacking man the pet beat is one i take very seriously and i'm falling behind it's thanks thanks for that's lead editor stuff right there brother just idea man here yeah same cats talk i don't know if i said it on the last one but um they're probably gonna lose in the first weekend um can i can i say my white hot take here yeah you wake up this morning you read an email and you're like triple take at it you're like what's that and then you're like someone pinched me i'm dreaming no you're not dreaming kellen olsen is the new athletic director of the university of arizona Mm-hmm. You know what I do if Tommy Lloyd doesn't make it to the third weekend this year? Can him? Get him out. That's my hot take. I can't believe I said it out loud somewhere. Wow. I've been channeling this for a while now. 
I can't do the Sean Miller thing, man. I can't have you have teams that are top five, top ten in the country that should make the Elite Eight, should make the Final Four every I year, think, and you just can't do I it. I think going to the Big 12, they will. we will find out whether this is all a lie. That's a really good point that I hadn't considered. Yeah, that, like if they just get like go 500 next regular season, like yes. No, it's it's not even there. It's not even that. It's that you have clearly talented enough and good enough teams to make deep postseason runs, and it's now twice in a row where it's like they they shouldn't have won that TCU game. Like let's be honest, like they got extremely lucky, and then Houston punked them, mm-hmm. um, and then Princeton punked them. Yes, Princeton. That was not a close game. Princeton punked them. Um, and at a certain point, it's like, what stylistically is the coach doing to allow us to any team with structure that knows who they are demolishes them in in postseason play? And it's like at a certain point, that's on the coach. And I don't have time to wait. That's this, individual talk- confidence is a problem with this team. Individual confidence. I was talking to someone about this, and like I'm, I consider myself to be so rational about all the things that I cover that I still need to be an irrational fan in some senses and this is my rational fan space is like U of A basketball and like that's my rational thought you're not completely wrong there's one good thing and that's Pell Larson is helping his NBA draft stock Phoenix Suns take a look role player starting to realize he's good at basketball which is wild no I I need another three weeks man don't do that slow down um it's funny Monty's here because this is basically the Monty thing I'm doing. Is like they have a really good thing going with Monty, but I'm like, no, like you're not getting yeah. results. Get out of here. Yeah. Like that. That's me. I'm being that Suns fan yeah. with U of A. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely wrong to be clear, and it's like, <laughs> but that's how you feel, and you can. It will go. It will get worse, but it's like I just have standards as a as a fan, and I've gone way too long since seeing them in the Final Four, AK, when I was seven years old or eleven years old. Was it 01? Was 01 the Final Four? That was championship. Okay, yeah. So that, final was, four is, that was the last final four. Was a one, I think. Then Salim against uh, Salim team 05. against Illinois, the Wisconsin. Yeah, that was elite eight. Wisconsin's were only elite eights. I give Miller a pass on those because that again, those were Kaminsky and Decker just went insane. That was it a bad. That was a bad hit in the elite eight against the, the very good team. But yeah, yeah. All right. I can't unsay it. We're going to push the podcast live, and it's going to be there, and like no one's... Everyone turns it off at Castock. I can edit it out in a sec if you want, but you have like 10 minutes to tell me. I stand on it. Okay. I love the way that they play. That's the thing, too, that bothers me about this. They're so much fun to watch, but it's like... Be fun to watch when it matters a little. Yeah. I'm like the irrational like billionaire booster kind of guy. That's how I feel right now, but I make far less than a billionaire booster. That's how I feel. Yeah, me too. It's okay. I just want to make a Final Four, man. Is that too much to ask for? I'm not even asking for a championship. I just want to make a Final Four. Our ASU fans who listen we can't to claim that we're I can't, I can't claim we're a basketball powerhouse until we start making Final Fours again. That's we should be a basketball fair. powerhouse by now. People go to our games. That's about it. That's all we got. People get loud. They love it. Yeah. All right. Is that it? Are we good? Any predictions for Saturday? They play ASU. They should win. They're going to win. They're going to win. Yeah. All right. See you, everyone.